I think uh, most um, people who are successful right now in our time are people who are willing to try something and then iterate from there. Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at Mike Bone, or on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd also love to extend the opportunity for you to join our free Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It's simply a group of creative people who are raising their hand to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and my craft. So if that's you, if you've been kind of floundering or maybe flirting with your art and creativity for a little while, you've been looking for a way to make sure that you make time for it and to prioritize for it, well, then I want to invite you to join this group. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com and it'll bring you right to the request page to join our group. I look forward to seeing you there. On this week's podcast, I have something really special. It's a conversation with Danny Gregory. Now, you may have heard this name before from me because without Danny's influence, uh, my journey would not look the same. Matter of fact, it, there may not have been a, a return to my art. It was Danny's book, The Creative License, that really spoke to me. And as, it also has the subtitle of giving yourself permission to be the artist you truly are. And that's exactly what Danny's book did for me. Danny is an incredible author and illustrator. Uh, he's created a dozen internationally best-selling books on art and creativity. He's the founder of Sketchbook School, which is a video-based art school, encouraging people to tap into their creativity. If it's people who maybe haven't engaged with that part in a really long time, he's beckoning them to come back to it and really trying to tear down some of the obstacles that are in people's ways. He's got uh, a host of incredible teachers on that platform as well. And I love how Danny just continues to move in and out of different spaces, applying his creativity, building communities, and leveraging it all for creativity. I know that this, uh, this episode is really going to encourage you no matter where you are in your journey. And, um, I'm just going to get out of the way because I could gush about Danny all day long. And this is special to me also because this marks nine years for me of daily consecutive art making. Uh, I've shown up every day for the past nine years now and done a drawing or painting, some piece of art. And this is just a testimony to Danny's influence, uh, his encouraging words early on in my journey when I was coming back to my art after being away for 10 years and suffering depression. His words of encouragement and inspiration really helped shape early on for me that this was something I could come back to. And I'm so, so thankful and so grateful, not only for his books and his um, his blog posts that, that he has, his artwork, but also for this conversation I was able to have today. So uh, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope it encourages you in the things that you want to accomplish. And maybe if you've been away from your creativity, your craft for a while, that this helps beckon you back. 
So without further ado, here is my creative chat with Danny Gregory. Danny Gregory, welcome to Creative Chats Podcast. I am super excited to have you here today. I'm glad to be here too. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So I cannot mention my journey without mentioning a book that you wrote and created that was hugely instrumental to me. Uh, and that was The Creative License. Um, and that book for me really gave me, I mean, you have it in the title, you know, the subtitle is like giving yourself permission to be the artist that you truly are. But like, you gave me permission in that book to come back to my art. And it's been, it's like nine years now where every single day I've shown up and that started with me coming back to my art and your book having a very, um, just playing a very instrumental piece to that. So I cannot ever mention my journey. And when people ask me like, how did you get started? How did you get back into your art? Like all that stuff. I can never mention that journey without mentioning your book. So I hope that you get lots of sales <laughs> increase for that. And, um, and, and seriously though, I just really truly appreciate what you've put into that. Um, and just all the stuff that you do. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to start in that place and say, thank you. So I got, uh, I got a sort of chill up my back when you said that. It's like, wow, that's really exciting to actually hear that. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote that book for myself. So it's always, um, a pleasure to hear that it means something to other people and that it continues to mean something to other people because because uh, it meant a lot to me. So I'm, gr- I'm glad to hear that. And, I, you know, we're going to put a little pin in that for, for the moment about specifically this book, because I do want to ask you a couple things around it. But before we go too deep into that, you are someone who is uh, a creative person, obviously, but you have a lot of commas, I'm sure, like a lot of creatives do, right? <laughs> you do a lot of things. Um, You're an artist, you're a speaker, you're uh, a writer, a podcaster, uh, you know, uh, a a community builder teacher. Um, How do you talk about what you do when someone asks you, you know, the meeting you for the first time, they have no context who you are, what you do. What is it? How do you frame that up? It's not easy. Um, As you say, I do have lots of commas. I think primarily I'm a writer. You know, I think people... um, kind of don't, I mean, I think, I think that being a writer is something that I've done since I was little. Um, it's certainly how I made a living in advertising for years. Um, I've written 12 or 13 books. Now I write weekly essays. I've written blogs. So I would say writing is at the core of what I do. Um, making art is my pleasure. It's my passion. Um, it's never really been my job. Um, and it's been um, a way that I engage with the world. So I've always struggled with calling myself an artist. Um, I think a lot of people do. I've, I've actually written a lot about that, about the, 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 the difficulty that we have in using that word. Um, and similarly with, um, you know, and I also, I'm a, I guess an entrepreneur, I run a business um, and I, love to teach. So as you can tell by this conversation, it ends up being uh, an extended thing that, um, you know, isn't easy, but I think that that's okay. I think at its core, being a creative person means that you, that you create and you go off and create in lots of different directions. So uh, I'm comfortable with having a very complicated title. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, it's funny, you, you definitely have your, your core that you said of writing and then those other expressions around that. 
And from what I've found that sometimes it's people struggling, either the person who's creative, they're like, don't put me in a box, you know, don't give me titles, don't, don't try and nail me down to that. Um, but really more so it's in the uh, narrative that they're presenting so that other people understand what they do. That really is where the problem comes in, where they're like, yeah, I have all these different interests and I have all these different expressions, but I'm not really sure what ties that together, how to talk about that. Um, and I think that's where sometimes people get tripped up. Um, is there any insight that you might be able to share of like how, how has your thought process on that helped you um, talk about things and, and come to a place where you can express to other people here, here's what I do and here's what I'm passionate about? I guess it depends on why you need to express it. In other words, like if I'm at a dinner party or I meet somebody, you know, in a business context, um, it's sort of interesting to talk about. I think when it matters most is when I'm going to engage specifically with a person in the particular realm. So, you know, if I'm talking about being a writer, um, then, you know, it's because I want to express something. You know, if I want to talk about making art, um, again, that's within a particular context. So I think it's okay to be lots of different people, lots of different faces and show them in different ways, but it depends really on what is your goal in, in describing yourself? Because, um, you know, you could also say, well, I'm a dad or I'm a neighbor or I'm an American, you know, there's different reasons to bring up different things. So I don't think the fact that we do lots of different things means we have to bundle them all together. I think instead focus on what is your reason for talking about this particular thing? Um, you know, I think that that's, that's kind of what guides me, I suppose. Um, I don't need to trot out my resume um, every time I introduce myself, I guess, is what it comes down to. But I think, I think, at, the, I think at its core, though, being a curious person is, um, you know, is at the heart of what I am about. I think I like to, I like to learn stuff. I like to try new things. I struggle with whether or not I'm too much of a dilettante and whether I am and missing the opportunity to go deeper on some things. Um, but I find that having been like this for many years, um, I get better and deeper at lots of different things. Um, but I never, with the exception of really of, of writing, I don't really, um, pretend to be expert at any of these things that's mm. that's that's sort of been the key to it i think is i'm just sort of like well let me play at that um and i think it goes back to like when we were children and when you're a little kid you can be so many things right you can be you can draw you can sing you can dance you can make up stories you can pretend to be an astronaut you can do all <laughs> kinds of things and i think that that's I don't know. That's, that to me is fun. That's sort of the kind of life I want to live. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of play and ex experimentation in there. Yeah. Yeah. It brings a lot of freedom, I think too. Yeah. Definitely can see that. So when you were starting out, you know, and, and you're kind of thinking about, okay, what is life going to look like? What do I want to do career wise? Um, what, and you said writing and, and books obviously were things that were always um, important to you. Was that a direct path where you said, okay, I want to go into advertising, you know, and, and um, express in that route? Or was this kind of, you stumbled your way into? <laughs> yes, yeah, so my life has been a series of stumbles, uh, <laughs> random events pushing me in one direction or another. Um, I went, I mean, I, I spent my childhood growing up all around the world. So uh, I 
didn't really come from anywhere in particular. Um, and when I went to college, I, I studied political science, you know, and I had no, and I was a, an intern in the White House and I worked for my congressman, but I didn't intend to be involved with politics. I saw, I worked, wrote for the college paper and I was editor of my high school paper, but I didn't intend to go into journalism. Um, and I wrote stories and I acted in plays and I wrote plays, but I didn't really intend to go into the theater. I had a lot of things that I didn't intend to do. Um, and then when I graduated from college, um, the summer after graduation, my mother said to me, you have until the end of the summer to get out of the house. So you better figure out a way to make money. And so I sort of fell into a job in advertising through various serendipitous things that, um, you know, and I just sort of thought, well, I'll try this for a little while and see what it's like. And I kind of continued doing that for 30 years. So I never, that was a series of mishaps. Um, I started making art really because um, I was looking for a way to kind of change my mindset. My wife had um, a really debilitating accident when I was in my late 30s. And so I kind of found my way into drawing in almost a therapeutic way, like a meditative um, thing to do. And I wrote various books and got book contracts often by mistake and by planning to do one thing and then finding, I mean, literally like I went to a cocktail party and met a book editor and like a few days later had a book contract and it was just <laughs> one, I mean, I'm just like, I guess lucky is part of what it is. Um, but I've just, and then when I um, started teaching, it was again, sort of like somebody asking me, will you do this? And I said, well, I'll just give it a try. I don't, not really a teacher, but whatever. And um, I started my business sketchbook school again through going to a conference in Amsterdam and having a cup of coffee with somebody who I'd met on Facebook and started a business. So, yeah, I, I think I've just, I've generally been open to doing things and trying things. Uh, and I keep doing them until they you know, fail or fall apart. Um, and that's been it. I've never had a grand plan. I've never had any particular intention. I wonder sometimes what my life would have been like if I had, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, um, get up, get up and see what's going to happen each day. Yeah. I think there's a, a, when you say you have an openness and you're willing to just, when you show up, things happen because you get around people and you're being active. You're not it's not this passive. I'm sitting back waiting for someone to discover me or, you know, something to fall into my lap per se. Um, and I think that's where there's something about that, that you, when you're engaging with yourself, with other people. And I think that's when opportunities start to come and you start to recognize them. Um, and I love that you're very open handed with the whole process. And I'm sure it's very encouraging to hear, as people, you know, because obviously people can look from the outside and they can say, oh, well, here's all your accomplishments. Here's all the things that, that are so, you know, seem to be all great about your journey so far um, and, and do the comparison thing. But yet when people start to hear more of a story behind, oh, how did somebody get there? Oh, what was the what was the thought process? Or what were the events that led up to things um, to know that, oh, you know what? It is a lot of 
opportunity and trying and failing and then continuing to show up. And anybody can do that wherever they are, whatever opportunities that they have, um, whoever's around them, when they learn to harness that power of, yeah, show up, do the best you can, serve the people around you and try and be okay with failing, you know? I agree with that. I think, I think also I would add to it by saying, don't allow identity to be get to be too much of um, uh, an obstacle. So I think a lot of times we'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to, you know, um, be an artist. And if I want to be an artist, I should go to art school. And if I want to be a, you know, start a business, I should you know, take classes and I should talk to experts. That's not the way I've operated. I take guidance from, in fact, I think most um, people who are successful right now in our time are people who are willing to try something and then iterate from there. So, you know, if you think about, for instance, uh, how software is developed, a lot of times people create an application, they put it out in the world to see how people use it, and then they fix it and they do new versions of it and there are updates and it continues to get better and better as it responds to the way the world, what the world needs. And I tend to look at my life, my work that way. Um, if I sit, if I want to write a book, I've tried a couple of times to sit down, write a really extensive detailed outline, write a proposal, go to a publisher, get an agent, do all those steps that you're supposed to do when it comes to writing. Alternatively, sit down and start writing. You want to make art? Sit down and start making art. Yeah. You know, it's and, and stop worrying about whether or not you should be able to. Stop worrying about what other people do in order to do that thing. Stop having a vision of yourself having done it, but instead focus on how do I start doing that right now? I'm not going to do it well because I've never done it before, or I, you know, but. Let's just start doing it now and tomorrow let's do it again and maybe do it slightly better and maybe learn more things so that we move it in a certain direction. But I believe in doing, I believe in process, as you say, I think that you just have to, it's like this conversation you and I are having. You could have sent me a list of questions. I could have sat around, pondered them. I could have written drafts of them, but no, we're sitting down having a conversation. Is it going to be the best, most organized structured conversation ever? Probably not, but I think will come to some points that we couldn't have anticipated if we'd been super organized. At least yeah. that's how I respond to the world. I create something and then it's usually in response to something, but then things change and my response changes. And I believe that's a really important part of being a creative person. I think about it in terms of what we've been going through for the last year, you know, and I was saying to my wife the other day, because uh, we had just come to the anniversary of the day we left New York, March 10th, we left New York um, for a three-day weekend. And a year later, we're still, we still left. We still haven't gone back. And um, I kept saying to her, imagine if we had known what was going to happen. Like, well, like we would have been so messed up. We would have been so worried. So again, I feel like that's the way life is, is it offers you kind of crossroads, but it doesn't give you a map. And it doesn't tell you what is exactly going to happen down the road. It just says, you know, kind of, you can go in that direction. So allowing yourself to do it is the adventure. That's the fun of it. 
That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally resonate with that too. It's a little bit like um, improv, right? Because you're, you're processing in the moment and you're reacting and you're responding. Um, and I think like, you know, going back now specifically to your book, The Creative License, that's what you did for me with that book was I had a 10 year gap where I didn't do any art at all. I was suffering from depression and something inside of me said, you need to get back to art because of you. I was in the graphic design field previously where it was all about clients and I was in the advertising world too. And, and at this point in my life, I was like, I need to get back to the joy of creating because I love to do that. I need to figure that out again. How do I show up? How do I blow the dust off my art supplies and engage again, right? Um, and there were a couple of things where even before I, I, I could take that stuff in my hands that your book helped me through. And, it, and I talk about this in terms of you gave me permission to show up even in a small time increment. Because for me, it was always like, I need an hour, I need a weekend, I need this huge block of time to be able to sit down and create something. And I was like, I don't have that, nor do I have the energy or, or the ability to do that right now. So be okay with like 10, 15 minutes and build on that, right? Um, the other thing was I had convinced myself that because I couldn't do photorealism as a style, that I wasn't a great artist. Sure, graphic design, I could do, you know, fonts, color choices, all that kind of stuff, fine. But when it came to, you know, illustrating or painting or anything else, I, I wasn't a real artist because I couldn't do photorealism. And your line where you said, if you want photorealism, take a photo. Like it's a simple sentence that you wrote, but it was so profound for me in that moment because it gave me the permission to say, yeah, you know what? Like I actually like photography too. And if I want photorealism, I can do that. But otherwise, like embrace my wonkiness, my mess, my what I perceive as mistakes. Don't let that be a barrier for me to enter into this. Um, so I can see how you talking about you living that way in response and in, in this improv kind of thing bleeds out into your own work and how you talk about things. And then again, it's the ripple effect um, because I've received that as well, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that it's, um, it's not a technical process making art. Making art is telling stories. It's, it's, it's revealing what's going on inside you. Um, some techniques can do it in one way, other techniques can do it in another way. That's really the way to look at it to me. It's like, if if photorealism is your thing, I think you have to think about um, what is the story that you're telling with that kind of image that you're making? How do I feel when I look at it? I mean, I might say, yeah, looks like the photo, you know? <laughs> um, but what have I learned about you besides the fact that you're technically accomplished what have you taught me about me besides that i'm not as good as you are at i don't know these whatever uh, tricks one needs to take to accomplish that sort of level of, of image um is that valuable hmm. you know is that going to help me to live my life better is it going to inspire me is it going to get me thinking or is it just sort of like yep you did that and i couldn't or didn't and is that how you wanted to leave me feeling um or do i look at you and say boy don't you have anything better to do than to spend i mean i was thinking about this there's a movie that's called um i think it's called looking for david hockney have you ever heard of this movie i think so so it's a story of a guy who um is 
it's a documentary and he um, decides that he wants to make the most realistic uh, drawing that's ever been done. And he spends literally seven years making a pencil drawing of Marilyn Monroe. And he does it with these, it's like it's intensive process. It's a fairly large drawing and it looks just like the photograph. Um, and he has this whole thing with like these special like glasses that he puts on a magnifying lenses and pencils that he sharpens down to the finest point. And he spends all this time and his goal is he wants to make this drawing and thinks that if David Hockney says, yep, you've done it. Like, this is great. This is the greatest drawing. Then that will, that's his goal. So he spends all this time working on this drawing and through the making of this documentary, they managed to arrange to a, a meeting with David Hockney. And, um, you don't actually see David Hockney, you see him taking it, taking this drawing, it's in a specially made wooden box with, um, you know, very carefully protected, bring, they bring it up to LA and they show it to David Hockney. And David Hockney's response is, why Marilyn Monroe? And you say like, yeah, why Marilyn? Why did you spend seven years drawing a picture of Marilyn Monroe exactly? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's totally the appropriate response. You know, it's like, yep, it looks kind of like that picture of Marilyn Monroe. Seven years. Good job. And, I, and, you know, I often think back to that thing, that lesson of like, you missed the point of what you were doing. You were so focused on this particular thing. I mean, like this guy's life became, this drawing became a metaphor for his life. Hmm. You know, misguided effort, a lot of effort, but to what end? And, uh, you know, that's, David Hockney was also a weird choice, I think, for that, to, to be your judge. But anyway, you know, I mean, and and I think it's like, why do you want to be an artist? You know, again, I think about a creative writing class that I took. And um, at the beginning of the class, the teacher said, uh, you're going to have to hand in the story every week. And this one guy at the back of the room said, oh, every week? And the teacher looked at him like, like, why, why did you sign up for this exactly? Like, we're here to write. Like, just write stuff. You know, it's not, this isn't like seventh grade. So, you know, I think, again, it's like, make stuff because you want to make it. Make stuff because, and, and if you want to spend seven years drawing a drawing of Marilyn Monroe, that's fine. You know, that's, it's not what I would do, but that's, that's fine. But it's not the ultimate. It's not, it's not the one way to do it. There's a million ways and museums are bursting with all the different ways to do them. And, uh, you know, just do what is you do you, I think that's really the point. And, um, and don't think that there's some way it has to be done. Yeah. Cause there isn't. Yeah. And I love that you've stated that. And I think that's evident also in sketchbook school, which you've established because in that you give people opportunity to take these classes and have these experiences and try things maybe that they've never tried before. And you have a, a whole wealth of instructors who are sharing their experiences and techniques. And so I think even if somebody says, well, you know, I tried that, that really didn't kind of land on me. There's opportunity for them to continue to explore and find something that does resonate with them, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about like why sketchbook school and like what, what is it that really drives you to keep producing more classes and to keep growing that community? I think when I started to draw, as I said, you know, as an adult, I think I had all these preconceptions about whether or not I was allowed to do it, 
um, whether or not I could be an artist, what kind of training would I need to feel legitimate. And I found in the end that making art just made me feel good. Um, and uh, but there's so many barriers that people have. And a lot of people feel like I want to make art, so I should take a class. That, that seems to be the thing that I hear over and over again. If I'm drawing and somebody sees me drawing, they'll say, oh, I wish I could do that. I should really take a class. I personally never took classes. Uh, I just started making stuff. Now I kind of am, have learned a lot from, from teaching classes and from kind of producing these classes. But I think, there's, I think that a lot of times classes are an opportunity to just focus and to get into it and to get inspired by somebody else doing it. You can learn to some degree how they do it, but that's of limited use. Cause I think it's, I can learn how you draw, but I don't know that I should be drawing like you. I should really be drawing like me, yeah. but by looking at what you do and seeing like, Oh, that's interesting that he thought about this thing. I, I'd never really think about that. Maybe I'll think about it. And that will help me to get more clarity on what it is that I need to do. But I think classes, as I said, they give you a focus. They give you a reason. When I started making art, I kind of had a reason already. And that reason was, I just wanted to engage with the world around me. I wanted to feel sane. Um, but as I said, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that. They, they need examples. They need opportunities. They need assignments. They need a schedule, all those things. They need to be around other people who are making art, which is a, a really important thing too. Um, that's one of the main things I think that you get from going to an art school is to be around other people who are also going to art school. And, you know, to show up each day and say, okay, I've got to paint today. Um, because I think we left our own devices. We'd rather watch Netflix. You know, we'd rather look at Facebook. There's all kinds of reasons to not do it. But having a class and having other people doing it and having an artist to watch are all really helpful things. So I feel like I'm really lucky that I discovered the meaning of art in my life. And so I like sharing that with people. And I find that when I do it, it also reinforces in me what I like about it. Cause I can also wander off the reservation. And I have a lot of times where I'm just, I can go back to like, Oh, I haven't drawn in X number of days or weeks or months. Um, and so I need to be reinforced and, and schedule school helps me to do that too. It's just nice being around other people who are making art. I mean, we have thousands of these people showing up and saying, look what I drew today. And you look at it and you go, I mean, sometimes I really like what they do. And sometimes I go, yeah, I'm glad that you're doing it. It's doesn't, that doesn't inspire me, but something else. And sometimes just your attitude inspires me, um, your enthusiasm. So it's, again, just an opportunity, I think, that most people don't have to be around other creative people. Like when I was in, in advertising, I got to be around creative people. A lot of them were um, very talented, very hardworking. They weren't necessarily expressing themselves in the process. So that's a limitation. But I think, um, you know, just to have that, every day to say, oh, I can go and be with other people. Even if we're sitting on a Zoom call talking about drawing and we're all drawing each at our own separate desk, you know, um, working together, that feeling is really great. It's just yeah. so nice to be there with other people doing it. So, so I think that's, that's the purpose behind it as far as other people who come to sketchbook school is concerned, but also for me. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it's the power of community. And sometimes it's too easy to be doing things in a vacuum 
And then you get inside your own head too much. And you're like, you start doubting and you're like, is this even working? And, and you don't have, you can't separate yourself from your work enough. Um, and you can, and you have nobody you feel like you can ask questions of. And so being able to be in a place where a lot of that stuff can happen, um, that's important part of the journey for sure. Uh, and continued part, you know, not just of if you feel like you're starting out or, or trying to learn something specifically, but I think, like you said, ongoing to be challenged to not only in what you're doing, but how you see things, how you think about things, your approach, all that. Right. And you're around other people who see the world in the same way. And that's really important because so often we're around people who don't see the world that way. And those people can can really distract us from our intention and the pleasure that we get, you know, because suddenly you're surrounded by, you know, accountants or account executives or, you know, people who think that art is a waste of time and they can convince you really easily that it is. And, but if you're surrounded by people who are also making art, you can get into a kind of competitive mindset with them. I'm sure we've all had that feeling like you open Instagram and you're like, oh my God, these people are so good and they're making so much stuff and I suck and this is awful. But by and large, being around other people who are also kind of trying to make their way and just knowing like if I make something and I show it to them, they'll get it. You know, whereas if I make something and I show it to my neighbor, he'll be like, what are you making art now? Oh, yeah, really? Or, yeah. or like, huh, what's that supposed to be? Or... Or like, oh, that's really good. I wish I could do this. Let's talk about me instead. All those different uh, distractions. Whereas if you're with people who are also, you know, and you can talk about like what pen did you use and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you can get into the technical part of it. But it can also be like you can talk about, I don't know, anything. You can talk about anything, but you're talking to other creative people about it. Yeah. And and that just being in that mindset helps to reinforce your own uh, and keep you on track to to do more and therefore get better, which, yeah. is, which is really the goal we all have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know that you, you know, you said that you, you do things kind of um, in response. And so you try things, you fail, but is there anything that you can maybe allude to that is something that you haven't done yet that you're hoping to do or that you're working towards? You mean in terms of art making? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, two other books that I want to write. So that that's sort of part of what it is. Um, I'm thinking about a couple of things that I want to teach, but also I think about the artists who we do workshops with and do classes with almost every single one of them. When they do something, I say, um, man, I should really be doing that. I should be really trying that medium, you know? So, um, you know, we, uh, I just started working with an artist who's, who does really interesting things with ink where he takes ink and he combines it with other materials. And I'm thinking, I really want to be trying that. Uh, we're also working with another artist who's doing a workshop with us in a couple of weeks who um, draws portraits really quickly with a brush. And she's amazing at that. And just watching her makes me want to just get out there and do it. I also want to get back to drawing outside, which I haven't really been doing for the last year. I moved to a new city. So I've lived in New York most of my life, and now I live in Phoenix. And it's just I haven't drawn a single building here in Phoenix except for my house. And I want to get out there and just walk around and do some urban sketching. So, you know, there's endless things. Um, I, I've been doing a certain amount of animation in Procreate on the iPad, yeah. and I want to sort of get um, more involved with that. I don't know. Don't get me started. <laughs> Well, it's it's encouraging to know that there is endless opportunity if you're open to it. 
Oh God. Yeah. You know, and to hear, even with all the accomplishments that you have already, that you're, you're always still engaging. You're always still showing up and looking for ways to push yourself and ways to create things that help other people and just bring beauty and joy. So that's awesome. I mean, art is such an interesting adventure to be on. It never stops. I mean, look at Picasso. He was like continuing to learn to make new things. Look at Hockney. Hockney is such an amazingly creative person, but he's always using technology in new and different ways, you know, making these videos with like 15 cameras mounted on a car and shooting in 4k and then also doing amazing stuff on the ipad and then um you know getting back to doing landscape oil paintings which he hadn't done in 20 years just it's endless um no matter how accomplished you are there's always new things to learn new media to experiment with new artists to inspire you new stories to tell it's i mean it's not it's a job but not really. It's really, I think, just an endless adventure on an endlessly extended uh, landscape. Um, and, and that's, I think, part of what it is that, that that's why um, a, being really good at it, or what would I say, being um, accomplished as an artist is not really a great goal, because I don't want to be perfect at that. I mean, I guess if I was like, painting portraits for a living, I'd want to have like a technique that I'd figured out and I could just knock them out. But that's not what I want to do. I want to just keep grazing on the endless buffet that stretches to the land, to the horizon, you know? That's a great visual. <laughs> I love that. I guess it's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, before we go, um, cause our time is almost up. I would love to, uh, to know, you know, you have a, a, a weekly newsletter that you send out, right? Uh, how can people get on your list for that? And how can people follow you? Where can they find you and uh, keep tabs on what you're doing? Sure. Um, yeah, I write an, an essay about um, art and creativity every Friday. And you can sign up for that by going to dannysessays.com. Um, I also, uh, I do a thing on YouTube every Thursday at noon Eastern time called draw with me, which is basically just like, let's sit down and draw something. And we spend an hour doing that. Um, and then I also do a podcast that comes out every Monday called art for all. And that's just me blathering about art. Um, so there's those three things and, um, art for all, you can find where you find podcasts, um, draw with me. You can find on the sketchbook school, uh, channel on YouTube school, by the way, is spelled with a K school schedule school. Um, and then of course, sketchbook school, which is my, which is my, my platform. That's really the place to go. I think because sketchbook school, we, we do um, a monthly, um, every month we do a new workshop, which is really intense and fun. We have lots and lots of classes and we have a membership model, which is sign sign up for thing called spark and literally every day we have a great event so every day we 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 bring in an artist we we um tackle a subject we delve into a course you know if you if you really want to focus and you want to be uh, inspired every day then come to sketchbook school and um you'll find stuff awesome i love all that stuff i love how you just keep showing up you keep iterating and um yeah, you know, your your uh, influence just continues to grow. And um, thank you for doing it for you, but then also how it has then translated for others because um, the world needs more of that. 
So thank you, Danny. Thanks. And, th and thanks for making this podcast because I think the conversations that you're having here are really useful. I think, you know, this podcast to me is exemplifies what we've been talking about, which is um, constantly thinking about it, constantly exploring it. Also being part of a conversation that's about art and creativity is a way to reinforce it. And I think if you're a designer, an architect, an art director, a creative professional, quote unquote, it's quite possible that you're not making art for yourself, right? Yeah. I think both of us have had that experience. Yes. And the whole reason that you got into your creative profession, the whole reason you went to design school or art school or architecture school or whatever it was you went to was because you loved to draw at the table with your mom with some crayons when you were seven. And it kind of grew out of that. And yet now, chances are you don't do it anymore. You sit in front of a computer and you work on stuff for clients and you're a perfectionist and you're part of committees and all that stuff. And I'm just saying to you, and both of us have been there, spend 10 minutes today doing a drawing. Draw it in the corner of a, some notes you're taking for a meeting, whatever it is, just spend 10 minutes doing it for no reason. And the first reaction you'll have is, Oh my God, I suck at this. I haven't drawn in a really long time. But a little part of you will also say, that was fun. I should do this more often. And you know what? It's true. You should do it more often. Find a way to make art. Don't plan on having a show. Don't put it on Instagram. Don't, that's not your goal. Your goal is to just get back to that part of it. And you know what? It'll make you better at your career. And it'll make you better at being who you are. It'll make you happier. You'll get along with people better. Your, your significant others will thank you for like de-stressing a bit. There's all kinds of benefits you'll get from it. They may or may not be professional, but you spend enough time on your career as it is. So give this back to yourself and do, do it a little bit. And if you want to come draw with me on Thursday and I'll show you what I mean. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Danny. Uh, yeah, definitely resonated all the things in my heart as well. So Awesome. Again, thank you for this time. I, it was my pleasure, really. Um, you know, it's it's like getting to to spend some moments talking to a mentor of mine and uh, someone who just constantly encourages me to do my best and show up for others as well. So thank you. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate if you would subscribe leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others. 